Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, church. Are you well this morning? Um, I really just uh, wanted to echo what, what Pastor Caroline was sharing. Uh, the Word of God says in the book of Psalms, Kiss the son, lest he be angry. And there is an approach by the Spirit of God to intimacy with the church. And we're going to speak about that this morning. But we're busy with our series on love. Guys, it was fine before. We're busy with our series on love. And uh, this morning, I really want to encourage each one of us to not be passive in your relationship with God. The Word of God says, do not only be hearers of the Word. Please fix my, my mic, Daniel. Don't only be hearers of the Word, but be doers of the Word. Tell your neighbor, I love this church. <laughs> Amen. Yes. That's good. That's good. Leave it just like that. Don't only be hearers of the word because if you just listen to the word and you don't apply, you are liable to be deceived. And so it is critical that every time we're sharing the word of God, that you are ready to obey it. You're ready to apply it to your life. Amen. Before we go into the message, I just wanted to commend everyone that's serving. The other day I came to church and I saw new faces doing the, the welcoming at the door. I'm like, oh, this person usually only used to sit. <laughs> Today they are standing and welcoming. So this is good. Because we are the body of Christ. If, if the body of Christ is only sitting down, then Jesus is only sitting down. He has commissioned us to represent him in the earth. And to the extent that we activate that in our lives... We are not going to see every plan, every will of God exerted around us. Amen. So I want to commend you. If you're serving, I know that we did a, a rally for, for new people to volunteer, and the place was packed. It was like the whole church came to serve. This is very good. Tell your neighbor if you are serving, this is very good. If you are not serving, <laughs> you must love this church. <laughs> And then I just want to emphasize another announcement, if you can put it up for us, Nicola, on the night of encounters. Now, we are a church that believes in prayer. But prayer is not just saying things and asking God things. Prayer is an encounter with the Spirit of God. It is a place where God speaks to us and we speak to God. It is a place where there's dynamics of prayer. A about a year and a half ago, after our prayer and fasting beginning of the year, we, we decided as a leadership that we're going to fast and pray every Monday. Every Monday. And what prayer does is it releases the will of God in the earth. Many people have this idea that God's will just happens automatically. But the word of God says that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for someone on whose behalf he can act or be strong. If there is a man to pray, God will act. Amen? And it is so important that this is not just a matter of the intercession team. Yeah, on Monday nights, it's Monday night intercession. It's for those guys whose gift is praying. There's no such thing as a gift of praying. In fact, there is no office in the church of the intercessor. Did you know that? No, I'm called to be an intercessor. There's no such calling. And all the intercessors say, Amen. <laughs> there is no such calling. The whole church is called to intercede, and the intercession team is called to lead by example. Amen. And so I want to invite each one of us, if you believe that this is your church, you can't just be in the Sunday services. You've got to be involved with the behind-the-scenes activities when we are doing the labor in prayer. Amen? And this is half-night 
It starts at 6. You come ready to pray, not to be distracted. You come ready to pray. And as you pray, it begins to activate things in your life as well. This is why we call it a night of encounter. Amen? So I want to invite you to that. Amen? All right. And then also, just before we started the worship, I was just sharing with, with Julius. We were greeting each other, and then the Holy Spirit just uh, staring this word in my heart. I really feel like the Spirit of God says concerning Namibia and also internationally that we are in a time of transition. We are in a time of transition. There is massive change coming in the churches, in the church globally, and also around the world, in the political realm, in the natural realm. When we changed into 2020, it was not just a time change. Something is happening in the realm of the spirit. There are certain principalities and powers that have ruled over territories for the past 20, 30, 40 years that are being dispossessed. Dispossessed. This is why you are seeing changes in governments, changes in presidents, people that have ruled for a long time. And I'll tell you that because when, when, when Daniel was praying for the change, what happened is you see the change between the, the, the principality of Persia and the principality of Grisha. And all this change is also related to the prayer life of the church. The prayer life of the church. And what is going to happen is that there will be an elevation of men and women of righteousness. And some of them will be ready, and some of them will not be ready, but they will be elevated nonetheless. Amen? God doesn't have perfect people to work with. He's got you. If you're not ready, you're it. You're going to be used as unready as you are. Amen? So tell your neighbor, get ready. God is about to use you. And as you get into that place, God's grace will begin to operate in your life. Arise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. He will release influence. I hear Joseph's are rising up into the palace. Amen? So prepare your heart, especially in the place of prayer. If you're the kind of person, I don't know how to pray, I don't know why prayer and all of that, Come to those times where you hear people pray, where, where people are praying, so that you can learn how to pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Awesome. So we've, been, we've started our series last week called Love Lives Here. And the first week we spoke about God being love. God is love. He doesn't just love, He is love. His very essence is love. And uh, the messages are all online, so if you were not here, please make sure that you catch up, listen to the messages online. Today, week number two, we're speaking about loving God. Loving God. Now, it's important for us to realize that if you don't understand who God is, then your love for God might be religious, but it will not be real. It will not be real. And God in his nature and essence always intended for his relationship between him and mankind to be a relationship of love. Now most people, when you tell them love, they think of romantic love. And we spoke last week about the four kinds of love. And the God kind of love is the self-sacrificial love. The love that lays themselves down for the other. And there is a place where we begin to experience a great affection with God. A great affection. Now in the beginning, God created mankind to rule and reign over the earth. But not to be independent from God. To be in close relationship with God. But when sin entered in, it brought a separation between God and man. In fact, it brought an enmity 
Not just we are far from each other, we hate each other. That is what sin brought in. And Jesus came in order to restore and reconcile man back to God. And out of that, we have a relationship of a father and a son with God. So Christianity is not about church services. Christianity is about every moment of every day in a restored relationship with God the Father. Amen? Now in Deuteronomy we will see Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 Moses giving the law to the people of Israel and he says this Hear O Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And this is, this is the portion that Jesus quotes when the teachers of the law come to him and ask him, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said, the greatest commandment in the law is that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now God's law is not absent from his nature. Whatever laws he's given is a reflection of what God likes and what he does not like. There is such a thing as God's, God's preferences. In fact, the New Testament speaks about how we should not grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't upset the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God is made, we are made in God's image and likeness. The way that we are is very similar to the way that God is. So God has things he likes. And he has things that he does not like. He's got things that he loves. And there are things that he hates. No, I thought God was love. In order for you to love, you must hate. If you love children, you must hate abortion. Let me come this side. <laughs> if you love children... You must hate abortion. You cannot say, I love children, but the process that brings them about, I love as well. The, the process that keeps them from coming about, I love as well. Amen? If you love marriage, you must hate divorce. And this is what God said in Malachi, I hate divorce. I'm a witness in your marriage against the wife of your youth. The way you talk to her, the way you speak to her, the way you treat her. I'm watching you. I hate it when you do that. Are you catching me here? Because sometimes we have a very sort of um, inanimate, no, no emotion relationship with God. As if he's, he's a tree or a chair. No. God is a living God. A living God. Amen? And the more you acquaint yourself with him, the more you have relationship with God, you will realize these things. This is why Moses said, Lord, I know you. You can't talk about destroying these people. What will the Egyptians say? They will say, so this is Moses reasoning with God. They will say that you brought them out just to destroy the mill. Is that what you want, God? This is why when we pray, we can petition God. Hallelujah. So we are designed for love. Designed for love. Designed for love. Now, love for God is reflected in two ways. Firstly, obedience. Tell your neighbor, obedience. Obedience. Is God's love language. 
And secondly, loving people. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord just switched off the light. Now I think we're having some electrical issues because of the, the rain. Can you see me? I'm, I'm smiling. Can you see me? Okay, wonderful. So we continue. It is so important that you understand that when we're talking about love for God, these are the two aspects. Obedience and loving people. Make a note of it. If your Christianity has these two absent, you are not a Christian. You are not a Christian. <laughs> so these two things are a reflection of our love for God. So principle number one, love for God comes from God. We are not in a place and in a state where we love God out of our own. In fact, the word of God says there is none righteous, no one, not even one. All of us like sheep have gone astray, each one to his own way. We are enemies of God in our minds until God does something in our hearts. Let's read together 1 John 5 verse 2. One, two, go. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Did you see the connection between verse 3 and verse 4? He says that this is how we know that we love God's children because we love God and we obey his commands. And then he says, this is the love of God that we keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. Why? For everyone. <laughs> the Bible tends to answer its own questions. Why are they not burdensome? Because we are born of God. Hallelujah. It means we have his nature. God is love. And if we are born of God, we have that same? Come on. Are you catching this? The only problem is that between your spirit man, between your spirit man where the, the miracle of salvation has taken place, and your natural experience in your body and your emotions, your mind, your soul, the renewal of your mind is critical. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be metamorphosed. Be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind. And so, when you get born again of God, the fruit of the Spirit are deposited in your spirit. You don't have to try and find them anywhere else. It is inside you. But <laughs> everything that is inside you is being limited by your mind. Hallelujah. So therefore, we have this experience of love with God. But as our minds are renewed, as we repent, as the truth is spoken to us. This, this morning, as I'm speaking to you, your mind is being renewed. This is why you don't stay home when the word is being preached. Then you ask yourself, I don't know why my life keeps going left and right. It's because you stay home when your mind needs to be renewed. Amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor, the problem is not you, it's your mind. <laughs> yes. When you are born again, the Bible says the spirit of the son of God is sent into you. You have the same spirit as Jesus. Amen? Now you must believe these things. Because that devil will try and persuade you concerning your natural experiences that there is nothing good in you. And then when you come to church, you always 
feel far from God. Far. Just checking it out. But inside of you, there is no coming close to God. Have you ever heard people say, I just want to be close to God? How can you be close to the one that you are one with? Hmm? It is like water and oros. <laughs> Once they are mixed, the water and the oros cannot claim, I want to be close to the oros. What do you mean? You have been mingled. You understand? Yes. Yes. The closeness that you are talking about is only existing in your own head. Lord, I'm, I, I just want to I just want to feel your presence. Okay. <laughs> and God treats you and relates to you where you are at. But certain things that we've said and that we have communicated show what we know and believe concerning what happened to us. So now you are born of God and everything that is born of God does what? Overcomes what? Come on, say it with me. It overcomes the world. You can't be in church for 45 years, you've never said things like this. Why? Because in the world, we copy many things. We sing the world's songs. We copy their jokes. In church, we must begin to speak the word of God. Amen? I was in church today to hear the word and to speak the word of God. Amen? Even our faith. So, you must understand that once the love of God comes in your heart, your potential to love God is massive. It is perfected. Hallelujah. Your potential to love God is perfected. And it starts with you realizing that you are born of God. You are his offspring. You can overcome the world. And the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. Hebrews says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But with faith, yes. Are you with me? So the first principle you must understand is that love for God doesn't just come from you. It, it was given to you of God. This is why you can't say, you, I love God, but you don't want to get born again. Okay, what kind of love are you bringing here? Amen? All that attempts, all your love attempts will end you up in hell. But I loved God. <laughs> You can't just love God with your own carnal life. You are under a deception. And the problem is not your intention, it is your nature. Your nature is offensive until you are born again of God. So loving God equals obeying God. 1 John 4 verse 18 says, let's read it together. We love him because he first loved us. Hallelujah. So if you are not loving him, then you are not aware that he first loved you. Those who love God well are the ones who know that God loves them a lot. A lot. And so the second point is you must demonstrate demonstrate this love. John 14, verse 15, this is on the night that Jesus was betrayed. He speaks to his disciples. Let's read it together, verse 15, one to go. If you love me, you will be Have you ever heard people saying they love, they love God? But when you look at their lives, they live like the devil. Yeah. But in their hearts, they love God. You know what is happening there? They made up a God in their own mind that doesn't require anything of them. That's the one they love. The, the God that allows them to live in fornication. The God that allows them to beat their wife. Why is it so quiet? <laughs> the God that allows them 
to cheat on their taxes. The God that allows them to cheat their clients. They love their God. Hallelujah, you, you are a wonderful God. You are dealing with idolatry here. In your own natural mind, if you are not born again, and you meet God, you will not like him. Your, your emotions are like the emotions you get when a traffic officer stops you. You know those emotions? I had that experience on, on, on Friday. You have to submit, but, oh man. You want to argue, but until your nature is changed, then you feel the affection towards God. Look. So he says here, if you love me, you will. So what's the focus? Keep my commandments? No. Love me. Look, look chapter 6, verse 46. Let's read together. One, two, go. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Have you ever heard people saying, and then I said to the Lord, no, Lord. <laughs> That's a contradiction. No and Lord. If he's your Lord, it's always yes. If you say no, then he's no longer Lord. And you are. Tell your neighbor, why do you call him Lord? And you don't do what he says. Yeah. And this will cause you almost to despair. But I can't. I can't do it. Yes. That's why you come to him. You let him love you. You get your mind renewed. And then the fruit of the spirit is love. Amen? So this is not a love in the heart. I love God in my heart. And then your life shows nothing about how you love God. But when your best favorite celebrity comes to town, you are there. Mm -hmm. The things that you love, you sacrifice for. But all your love for God Am I challenging you this morning? Yes. Hallelujah. Why? Because I want you to change your mind. And offense happens here. Ask the husbands. <laughs> In James it says, you say that you believe that God exists. Even demons believe. And they tremble. So if your love relationship with God is the kind where you believe God exists, but you don't really know, I think he's a force, I think he's a power, or whatever. Right? Even the demons believe. And they tremble. And so if your relationship with God is one, I believe in God, but I don't follow him. It is called demonic obedience. In fact, when we cast out demons out of people, and we're ministering to them and we command the demons to come out. And they say, no, I will not come out. This is mine. She is mine. He is mine. I will not come out. If I come out, I will kill him. And we say, you are coming out in the name of Jesus. Come out! Right? Until the thing gives up and come out. And so he obeyed. Is that the kind of obedience <laughs> that God expects of you? No. That's called demonic obedience. You were forced to obey. And even some demons are more obedient <laughs> to that name of Jesus than some brothers and sisters. My, my. They say loudly with their mouth how much they love God. Moon Sure, that's a beautiful song. And then at home? Mohana must wait. <laughs> right? It must not be so. The reason is because we don't believe God is with us. Every moment of every day. We believe he's in heaven. 
and we are here. He doesn't really see everything. And the reason why I'm saying that is because many times when people struggle with sin issues, they say, I can't stop, I can't stop. But if your mom walks in the room, immediately the power to stop <laughs> is there. Why? Because the presence of another person seems to bring an empowerment to the way that you live. Many of us will not, never steal until we know that no one will ever see it. And yet there is a God who sees. Amen? We need to move. Okay. So let's read here Matthew 7 verse 21. Jesus speaking. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, the, the quotation that they always used to use. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or iniquity. And you ask yourself, wait a minute, is it possible for someone to prophesy, to cast out, and prophesy includes preaching. Prophesy to cast out demons, right? And to do wonders in the name of Jesus, and yet they might not be saved. Is it possible? Yes. You know that the disciples during the time that Jesus was on earth, they were not born again. Why is that? Because in order for us to have this born again experience, we must have somebody that goes to the cross first. In fact, it says the covenant, the New Testament does not get activated until the death of the testator. So the ministry of Jesus is in the Old Testament until he says, this is the cup of the New Testament in my blood. The power of these miracles and signs is that name. That name. There was even a group that used to cast out demons saying, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, <laughs> come out. And they used to see results until one day the demon said, Paul I know, Jesus I know, who are you? Wah! <laughs> and they were beaten. And so it's important for you to realize that your, your religious activity, your religious activity is not what defines you. What defines you is your salvation. Now when Jesus says, I never knew you, in John... John chapter 17, he prays and he says, I've given to them eternal life and this is eternal life, that they might know me, that they might know God and the one whom he sent, Jesus Christ. Are you with me? So now, when you come to this portion of scripture and you're asking, what is the will of the Father with regards to entering the kingdom of God? It is that you believe on the one whom he sent, Jesus Christ. Once you believe on Jesus, you receive Christ into your life. And then your salvation is not on the basis of your prophecy, your demon casting, and the miracles that you've done. But your salvation is on the basis of the blood of the Son of God that was shed for your sins. Are you with me? But it is so important that you understand that there are so many religious people, especially in Namibia. The census says how many? 90 to 95% are Christians. They will be there on that day. Lord, did we not? Lord, did we not? And he will say to them, depart from me, I didn't know. No. Ask your neighbor, are you saved? How do you know? The Word of God says, work out your own salvation 
with fear and trembling because it is God who wills and works in you so that you can perform his will in your life. Give us a miss on that. You consider here the prodigal son. The story is very popular. The one son, the younger son, asked the father the inheritance. He said, I'm leaving. Give me my inheritance. I can't wait for you to die. He took the inheritance, went into the city, and lived a life of sin and squalor. When he returned, when he returned to his senses and, and, and repented, he came back to the father, and then he came back. And when he came back, the father received him, embraced him, and said, my son who was dead is now alive. He's back. Put a ring on his finger. Put, put a robe on him. Put shoes on his feet. And slaughtered a fattened calf. Let's have a party. And while they were having a party, the older brother, who always obeys the father, was in the field. He came home and heard music. He didn't go in. He asked one of the servants, what's going on here? No, your brother came. You know that guy that used to, you know, that guy, he came. That guy, yeah. He came, and on top of it all, your father slaughtered the calf that is only kept for the, the dignitaries. When the, when the president visits the prime minister, he slaughtered that one. That one! <laughs> I'm not going in. The father had to come out of the house, right, to persuade this guy. He said, your, your brother that was lost, he's now back home. Come and celebrate. He said, when, his son, when this son of yours who squandered your, not my brother, this son of yours, who has squandered your pro property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. And the father said to him, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Because he was saying, you give my brother this fattened calf, but when me, after I worked for you all these years, then I come home, you haven't even given me a goat. So that me and my friends can go and celebrate. But when this one, your son, this son of yours, you do this. Many Christians are like this brother here. They don't like the father. They do everything because they know otherwise I might go to hell or something like that. <laughs> but you are robbing yourself of the relationship. And you see the heart of the father. You are always with me. Why do you feel this way? I'm so proud of you, and yet you feel so far. And God is speaking to many of us, especially those of us who grew up in church. You know, we are not seeing our miracles, but that other guy who used to be a drunkard, a, a womanizer, just came in and he got a new car from the Lord. <laughs> it must be from the devil, because all these years I've been praying for a new car and it has not come. And yet that guy there, or that other sister, she used to sleep around. Everyone knew her on the Instagram profile. Now she came to church, gave her love to the Lord. Now she's married. I've been here. <laughs> Keeping myself. I'm not going to that church. <laughs> All of us needed salvation. None of us came clean to the Lord to say, Lord, I just came to help. I just came to help. Me and you, we are okay. We, we are just helping this. No. All of us came with some of the most wicked hearts. Those of us who kept ourselves clean, we knew how to hide it well. Mm. Matthew chapter 21, let's read here together. What do you think? There was a man, Jesus is telling this parable. There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. And the son said, I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. And he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Then he asked, which of the two did what the father wanted. Right? Then they all answered, the first. And Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. John came to you to show you the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. Why? 
because tax collectors and prostitutes don't come feeling like I'm good enough. They come pleading for mercy and every ounce of love they get from God changes their lives. What about you? And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe. And so, you can either be a sheep or a donkey, a mule, stubborn, or a goat. And I want to encourage us today, change that mindset. That God has to force you. <laughs> I'm not a farmer, but I've heard from the farmers that sheep, you can walk in front. No? And they follow you. The voice of the shepherd, they, they know it. Then they come. Goats, <laughs> if you walk in front, <laughs> everything, the things are going. You must have a proper stick <laughs> and some dogs around. Donkeys, if they decide I'm not moving, I'm not moving. Their song is, I will not be moved. I'll say of the Lord. <laughs> Amen, I love that song. And so it is really important that the attitude of your heart, but this only happens when you realize how much God loves you. It's a trust issue. Lord, how can I forgive my wife? She did this and this and this. Forgive her because I'm telling you. I don't trust her, but do you trust me? Um, yeah, I trust you. Okay, then will you do it? Yeah, but you don't understand, Lord. <laughs> right? Lord, how can you ask me to give to that person? 10,000, Lord! 10,000! 10, what if they squander it, Lord? Do you trust me? I don't trust them. Do you trust me? Yes, I trust you, Lord. So there are three essential obediences that you must have in your life. The first is the obedience to the faith. You cannot think that unbelief and doubt is to be entertained in your life. It is sin. Whatever is not of faith is sin. We think adultery is sin, wrath is sin, murder is sin. What about unbelief? When you see God doing something you're like, mm -mm 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 -mm. I don't know. Unbelief, when you read from the scriptures, mm, this virgin birth, is it really real? The obedience to the faith, it's your primary obedience. People are not saved today because they don't want to put their trust in Jesus. They would rather put their trust in themselves. Number two, the obedience of righteousness. So righteousness is given to us as a gift. But then it begins to prompt us in our lives to live righteous lives and we must obey that prompting. Are you with me? Tell your neighbor, you are the righteousness of God. Yes. Obey that prompting. Yes. Then number three, the obedience of love. The obedience of love. That there is love in you that is trying to be released. But sometimes you say, ah, 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 ah. if I release this love, I will end up very poor. <laughs> or I will end up hurt. Mm -hmm. Once bitten, twice shy. Fool me once, <laughs> you know. And so people have these things where they don't want to love anymore because love hurts. But 1 Corinthians speaks to us about that. So avoid unbelief, avoid self-righteousness, avoid selfishness. Those who, the word says in Romans 8 verse 14, those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The Holy Spirit is in you. If you are born again, you've received the Spirit of God. He is leading you. Follow. Follow. So I want to give you five steps to obedience. Firstly, humble yourself. If you are proud, you will always be disobedient. In fact, you will be rebellious. Then number two, 
hear daily instructions from the Word of God. If you don't read your Bible, what are you following? Ask your neighbor, what are you following? <laughs> Where is your Bible even? Did you bring it? If you don't read your Bible, what are you following? Amen? How will you know God apart from the Scriptures? Number three, you must receive Christ as Lord, not just as Savior. Lord, that means master. Tell your neighbor, I have a master. I don't belong to myself. I'm not my own. Yes. And you live like that. When you want to say, ah, I just want to vent a little bit. <laughs> no, you can't vent a little bit. You're a Christian. Hello, church. Are we going to grow spiritually this year? Yeah. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I love these messages, man. They just stop me. <laughs> I love this kind of... Number four, fast and pray often. The Apostle Paul says it this way, I beat my body. I bring it under submission so that once I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. You fast and pray because fasting and praying subdues your flesh and allows your mind to be renewed and then the things that are in your spirit begins to flow. Amen? And if there are demonic activity in your life, those demons will flee. And then number five, live a repentant life. This means when you realize you are wrong, just repent. Don't, no, but you don't understand. Because when I grew up, I grew up from this place and that. Yes, we hear where you are coming from. But if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, everything has become new. Repent. Change your mind. Change your mind. So in conclusion, if you are struggling with pride, pray. Pray. If you don't pray, you have pride. Even if you are very timid and like, how can I have pride? I'm an introvert. <laughs> Some introverts can be the proudest people ever. I'm a shy person. How can you say uh, I have pride? Pride is that guy that is always talking. No, that's not how you see pride. <laughs> In order to deal with pride, pray. Pray. Pray for, uh, over everything. Pray, pray, pray. When you don't know what to do, pray. If you are struggling with lust, especially Sexual lust, but lust also relates to food lust. I can't stop eating, you know. I just look at the cake, <laughs> and then it's in. <laughs> right? On the fasting days, you're, you, you are like, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. Leave, leave me. Don't talk to me. Your whole personality changes. Like Frankenstein. You need to fast. And you need to fast, not Facebook, food. Uh, no, I'm fasting Facebook, but your issue is food. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I fast fast. <laughs> then, if you are greedy, you are the one that must give. Because you are always the one who has all the YouTube videos about how preachers have stolen people's money so that you don't give anything. Right? If you are greedy, you must give. You are, if you are hungry to get rich, hey, be careful. You must give. Because your heart is getting poisoned until you give. Give to the poor. Give to your mom and dad. Give, give. And don't give old clothes, old shoes. <laughs> give that money that you used to use for your gym membership. Or for your Levi jeans, give it. For your special conditioner that comes from, you know, Norway, give it. Just buy the one from South Africa and give the rest. Because greed is destructive. It says greed is idolatry. Amen? Is it very practical this morning? Huh? God is a practical God. 
He says, let us not love only in word, but in deed. If, if your brother is hungry, don't say, be well, come here. Uh, you are a bit well-dressed, but anyway. Be well fed. You know, let me pray for you concerning that issue. Father, thank you, Lord, that you are meeting every need. While in your wallet, there's 200. You are meeting every need. That 200 he's trusting you for. That 200, I bind every spirit that comes again. Right? All your religious praying, just take out your wallet and say in Jesus' name, take it. Amen? This is the difference between Christians and religious people. Religious people, they love to come to church. They love to sing their religious songs. And God said, I hate your religious feasts. Rend your hearts, not your garments. Amen? Let us stand. Hey! Put your hands on your head. <laughs> Say, Lord, help me. <laughs> Renew my mind. Put your hands on your head. If you are not putting, Lord, deal with that rebellion, that rebellion and pride. <laughs> Lord, help me through your word. Renew my mind. Change my thoughts. I want to love you more than I have loved you before. Thank you that you loved me first. And today, I'm repenting in my heart. You are worth loving, O oh God. And I am here to know you more and to walk with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless you. May you prosper. Whatever you touch, may it prosper. May your children be protected. May your health be preserved. May you continue to make disciples wherever you go. And may the love of God richly well up in your heart this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.